Thank you so much for tuning in to Talk Jive Radio. I'm Kelly J. Lewis, and on the phone with me, I have a very special guest, Mr. Arvo Mickinen. He's the president of the Oklahoma Indian Bar Association. How are you, Arvo? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Excellent. Thank you so much for taking the time uh, to talk to us today. I know everybody's so busy uh, with everything going on, but I wanted to touch base with you uh, about voting and the importance of it and some of the uh, ways that uh, the Oklahoma Indian Bar Association is uh, promoting fair elections. Sure. Um, well, this year, <clears throat> everybody knows it's an election year. Uh, of course, our presidential election, and then we also have, uh, in addition to tribal elections, we're going to have state and local elections, uh, all of which the state, local, and federal will, will come together in, in uh, November. Um, and we're focusing on two major areas. The first is registration, um, to make sure as many people are registered to vote. I think everybody has opinion has an opinion about politics or positions or issues. Um, and this year, more than ever, it's going to be very important, uh, given the pandemic situation, where our normal voting procedures uh, are going to be um, altered somewhat in terms of safety, to uh, make sure, number one, that you're registered to vote, and also, number two, to look at alternatives to make sure that uh, those uh, people who might be vulnerable in our communities or others that want to uh, protect their safety and not uh, be exposed to the uh, COVID-19 uh, virus are able to vote in a safe manner. So that's what we're focusing on this year is trying to get the word out about that. There's so much wrapped up in that. And let's talk about voter fraud. Is that even a real thing? I mean... I mean, I, obviously it is in Kansas now with that Republican re representative, uh, but those seem to be the only cases that we hear. It doesn't seem like this rampant thing. Well, uh, we, we um, the Indian Bar Association started working on this voter protection issue back um, following the 2000 election. After the 2000 election, and those of us who are around then and voted then or, or remember that, uh, there were so many problems at the at the polling places, uh, problems with ballots, problems with machines, all kinds of problems, uh, uh, ballots being thrown out, all those kind of things. So it really wasn't an issue. Uh, the primary issue is not really voter fraud. I mean, you, you know, everyone's got their opinion about whether or not voter fraud is, is out there. I'm sure it is out there to some extent, but uh, I think looking back at the numbers of, of ballots affected by issues, um, historically, it's been more a problem of ballots being uh, thrown out as opposed to fake ballots being uh, cast. And uh, after the 2000 election, a number of uh, primarily attorney groups came together and formed a organization, and it's nonpartisan, it's called Election Protection, and um, it's a coalition of, oh gosh, probably hundreds of different groups. And the idea there was to uh, make sure that everybody knows what the rules are. They have a website um, that you could go to and, and uh, make sure that uh, you know uh, where to vote, how to vote, what the rules are, 
um, you know, handicapped voting, all kinds of resources like that. And so generally what happened on Election Day was uh, groups of uh, attorneys would go out to polling places and assist people in, in the voting process. Uh, we really can't do that here in Oklahoma because we're prohibited from uh, being close to the polls. Uh, candidates can't be close to the polls. Other you know, non-voters can't be within a certain distance of the polls. So what we did as an Indian Bar Association was provide information. And then in the past, we've had kind of a phone call in line where people could call in if there's a problem at a particular voting place. Um, and then we would try to get be an intermediary, get on the phone with the election board and say, hey, you know, something's going on here at this polling place and, and uh, somebody needs to go out there or there's problems with people trying to find the right place to vote. Um, but in answer to your question, uh, fake voting or, or fraud is really not as big an issue. And that's just my own personal opinion. Um, and you can look at the statistics out there. Um, there are a lot of safeguards in place. Um, as opposed to people not being able to vote because of um, other problems, not having the proper ID, not going to the proper voting place, being confused about when they can vote, being confused about how they can vote absentee or early voting. Um, so uh, it's not as big as issue as some, some have said. I think, too, uh, well, it always struck me as funny because it's like we can't even really get people who can vote to the polls. How many of these people who can't vote are, like, going to break the law to vote? So uh, that was always kind of funny to me. But let's talk about uh, being at the polls, and let's talk about uh, how this COVID uh pandemic is going to affect voting and absentee voting because there are so many election cycles in Oklahoma and so they kind of made absentee voting easy sort of but you've got to make sure you have enough postage and it's got to be notarized right Yes, let me let me kind of run through that because it got very confusing there for a while. And it was confusing even to myself and other attorneys. But um, the first thing is on the registration. Of course, you've got to be registered. Um, that's the that's the beginning point. How do you know if you're registered? Well, there are apps out there online. Um, there are a variety of those. Uh, the uh, women's uh, uh, League, of, League of Women Voters has an app, which is uh, pretty good. Um, I think it's uh, 411 Vote. Um, or you can go to the state election board site. You put your name in, you put your, I think it's your birthday in, and then it'll pull up and show if you're registered, number one, and number two, where your polling place is. So that's the first thing to do. If you haven't voted in the past two general elections, I think that's what the rule is, then you're going to be purged or you have you'll be kicked out of the system. So you might think that you're registered to vote and then you go on election day to vote and your name's not there. And you're like, well, what happened? Well, it's probably because you haven't voted for some period of time. So that's the first thing to do. Then the second thing to do is figure out where your polling place is. Um, they change all the time. They're having a very serious problem this year with getting uh, uh poll workers because i think most people know a lot of the poll workers are retired people 
And with the pandemic, they're not getting as many people that are, are volunteering to do that, understandably. So, um, <clears throat> so you register to vote. Um, you should get an, uh, a card from the uh, uh, county election board where you live. And uh, that's your, your basically the, your, your important ID that you want to keep. If you've lost it or you don't have one, call up your election board and, and say, please send me another one and they'll send one out to you in the mail. Um, I just did that the past uh, uh, election. Um, so, all right, so you're registered to vote, then what do you do? Well, you can either go vote at your voting registration line or, um, or voting registration place, or you can request an absentee ballot. Okay, anybody can request an absentee ballot. All right, that's the first thing. So if you wanna vote absentee, you can do it. The next issue is uh, some people have seen about what uh, do, what kind of an ID do I need? Do I need an affidavit from a notary? Can I just use a photo ID? And this is where we're at on, on that issue. There was a Supreme Court case in Oklahoma that said you didn't have to have um, the use, the need to have a, vote, uh, a notary. Well, the state legislature jumped in and put that rule back in place, which says you do have to have a notary. But they made some exceptions to that rule. Exceptions are if there is a state of emergency because of the pandemic, and that's if. So for the last uh, major election, which was the primary, were we in a state of emergency? Yes. Could you use the alternative to the um, notary? Yes. What is the alternative to the notary? The alternative to the, using a notary to notarize your ballot is to take a photocopy of an ID and attach it to the outside uh, or attach it to the affidavit. Now, if you if you request a voter um, an absentee ballot, you'll get an outside envelope, you'll get an inside envelope, you'll get a ballot. Um, and so basically you've got stick, you vote, you put it inside the, the uh, first envelope, which is the inner envelope. And then that has uh, a uh, affidavit on it. That's the one that I got. I don't know if they vary from place to place. Um, and then you attach to the outside a photocopy of your ID. Okay. What ID can you use? You can use the state driver's license, a state ID, a federal ID, or a tribal ID. Um, the ID has to have your name, obviously. It has to be a photo ID, and also um, it has to have an expiration date, which is after the election date. So tribal members might think, well, why is that? You know, why an expiration date? Well, that's the way the law is written. Um, so, I mean, you're not going to expire being Native American or Indian or a member of a tribe. I mean, like you wouldn't expire being a veteran. I mean, once you're a veteran, you're always a veteran. Once you're an Indian, you're always an Indian. But that's what the law says. So my, my thought is this. Um, it's probably the easiest thing to do is to attach a photocopy of your uh, uh, county voter election board issued um, voter ID. Okay, and then you just can send that through the mail. That should work. Uh, you'll know that you're registered. That will be a confirmation you're registered. Also, you don't have to worry about, you know, some people are like, I don't want to send my photo ID through the mail um, and have it just floating around out there somewhere. So that's probably the best thing to do. 
Oh, but you can attach your photo ID if it has an expiration date that says indefinite or after the date of the election or your driver's license if you want to do that. Um, so uh, now the question is this. 45 days is very important because if we are in a state of emergency because of the pandemic, um, at least uh, within 45 days of an election date, then this alternate procedure of attaching the photo ID, the photocopy um, will, will work. If um, you don't wanna go that route, you can get a notary or if it's we're no longer in a state of emergency 45 days before the election, then you have to go to the notary option. And I can explain that if you want to, how the notary works. Okay, I do want to talk about the notary. As a notary, I'm trying to uh, get the exemptions to be able to notarize more than my minimum. Um, but I want to talk about the native IDs real quick. If my, okay. if my uh, tribal ID doesn't have an expiration date, if it doesn't say indefinite or anything else like that, does that make it invalid to use as a photo ID? Well, we're checking on that. Uh, Indy Mara says we're, we're checking on that. Uh, that's always been an issue, uh, a concern of ours. And actually, we advised some of the tribes <clears throat> last election cycle put a put an expiration date on it and then some people said well how can we do that and then so some people said put an indefinite put it on their indefinite and i've seen tribal ids i think it was cherokee nation perhaps i can't recall that says expiration indefinite so if you do not have an expiration date or it doesn't say indefinite i would use another id to make sure your ballot gets counted Okay, so, you know, the state-issued voter ID cards don't have your picture on them. And so Correct. that's so weird to me that you could send a copy of that in, and it doesn't have your picture on it, and that's perfectly valid. But if you have a native ID, you have the potential to get your ballot thrown out. Yeah, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. <laughs> but if you go to the state election board, it, this is what it says. And sometimes a law doesn't make a whole lot of sense either. Um, but that's the way it's written. It says, number one, a photo identification issued by United States, state of Oklahoma, or a federally recognized Native American nation or tribe that has an expiration date, which is after the election date. That's option one. Option two is photo ID issued to you by a branch of the United States Armed Forces, because you remember or retired member of that service branch, or the free voter identification card mailed to you by your county election board when you register to vote, which doesn't have a photo ID or doesn't have a picture, doesn't have an expiration. So that's <laughs> probably the easiest thing to do. Right. Um, okay. So let's, let's do talk about the notary option because I'm not even sure where we're going to be. And you know, October 9th is the last day to register to vote for the November election here in Oklahoma. And so that date becomes important because then what? As an absentee uh, voter, how does that work then? Okay, let's say you want to vote absentee. What should you do? Okay. Um, number one, you want to have your ID. 
figure out what ID you're going to use. If you don't have, or if your travel ID doesn't have the expiration, or your driver's license is expired, or you don't have one, call the county election board and say, I need a new voter registration card. That's the easiest thing to do. doesn't cost you a dime. Just call them up. They'll mail it. It's there. You can attach it. You're good to go. <clears throat> so then you have to request a, uh, a absentee ballot. Uh, you can do that online. You can go to the Oklahoma uh, State uh, Voter Registration Portal, and not only can you check to see if you're registered, or you can actually register to vote, you can also request an absentee ballot. <clears throat> I'm so sorry. Uh, so that's that's uh, uh, that's what you can uh, get it, uh, be, uh, get prepared ahead of time. Then you would actually request uh, an absentee ballot from from your uh, county election board. You can do that. There's some apps to do it online. You can do it online. Uh, you can do it off of your phone. That's what I did. I went on on my phone and used one of these apps and requested it. And uh, then it'll come to you in the mail. Uh, then you uh, fill it out. You fill out the affidavit. You, um, if the procedure is in place where you can attach the photo ID, you do that. Um, and then you put it in the mail. The other thing to make sure about is that you have sufficient postage on it because it's a big envelope and you, you're going to need two or three stamps. So don't just drop it in the mail thinking that it's paid for. It's not. Don't put just one stamp on it because it's probably not enough. Um, also, the other key thing is it has to be at the election board before the election. Um, so if, you, if the election's on, Mon uh, on Tuesday and you mail it on Monday, it's probably not going to get there in time. Will it be counted because it's in the mail, like your, uh, your tax return? The, the question is, uh, will it be counted? The answer is no, it won't be counted. It has to be received, it has to, be received to the county election board by that date. Um, now, uh, let's say that you are, um, let's say we don't have a state of emergency or uh, that situation and you need to get your uh, affidavit completed and notarized. Uh, the option is you can go to any notary and uh, the, the problem that is built into the law though each notary can only notarize 20 ballots and that's a problem obviously because once they get to 20 they can't do any more how do you get around that or what's the exception if the notary themselves themselves request a waiver in other words they go to the county election board they ask the county election board secretary can i notarize more than 20 ballots and they can fill out a form and if the County Election Board Secretary says yes, then they can notarize more than the 20. Um, or the other option is if you go to a place of business where the notary is normally stationed and it's part of their business, let's say a bank, okay? You, there's a notary at a bank. Anytime during their open hours, they can notarize however many they want to. So um, the three options would be the uh, photo 
ID option if we're in a, a state of emergency still uh, 45 days within 45 days of the election. Option two is to go to a notary. Um, that notary can only uh, notarize 20 ballots unless they get an exception or go to a place of business um, that uh, customarily would have a notary there uh, for an extended period of time during the business hours. So I'm a notary, and to get the exemption here in Grady County, I just go to the um, election board office. Let's say that I want to partner or uh, be involved with, uh, you know, uh, groups that promote uh, voter registration and things like that, and I want to participate in an, in an event in Norman. Mm -hmm. to, to notarize ballots. Do I go to the Cleveland County uh, election board and ask them? Because, you know, That's the a a notaries can, can notarize anywhere in the state. So would I have right. to ask for that exception per county? I would I would think so. I think you do have to do it county by county. My guess, and I'm not certain of this, but my guess is if you're coming from uh, another county and you're coming into, you know, voter registration drive in Norman, Norman's in Cleveland County, and you wanted to do more than 20, uh, I would expect that you would have to get permission of the Cleveland County Election Board for Cleveland County uh, uh, ballots that are coming into Cleveland County to be uh, counted. Let's I'm not certain of that, but that's what I would think that the rule would be. Yeah, it's probably just best to, to call and check per county. Um I'm just I'm not exactly sure how that works. This is the first time that's any of this has ever really kind of become an issue. And Correct. so uh, let's talk about in this last few minutes, let's talk about what happens if somebody goes to their polling place and they're registered. They know they're registered to vote. They check that um, they have their proper I.D. And for some reason, they're not being allowed to vote. Well, the first thing you should do is you should not leave. Don't leave. Um, you can always cast what's called a provisional ballot. If there's some confusion, if you're not on the voter registration list or something like that, then always still vote. Don't leave. And that's what happened during the 2000 election. A lot of people just left. There's And there were amendments made to the law. So cast your ballot anyway. They may put it aside. Uh, you may be able to verify it later. So the most important thing is to go ahead and say, I still want to vote. Um, I want to cast a provisional vote, and that way uh, your your uh, vote is counting. And then if the ID issue comes up or you have to clarify something, then at least you've voted. You can't come back after the poll close and try to vote uh, or say, hey, um, you know, I was I was excluded. I want to vote now. That's that's just not an option. Um, now, you also, let's say you wanted to vote absentee, and then you changed your mind and you decided, well, uh, it didn't show up in the mail. Uh, I'm going to change my mind. I'm going to go stand in line anyway. Um, you can still vote um, even if you requested your absentee ballot. Now, if you show up at the poll, um, you're going to probably have to sign an affidavit, from what I understand, saying, I'm not going to send in that other ballot, and there's a there's a barcode on it, and they can track that other ballot that came through the mail. Actually, if you do it ahead of time enough, 
you can actually see when it's re received by the um, election board. And what I would suggest is drop your ballot in in the don't wait till the last minute. Do it a week ahead of time. Get your get all, get everything together. Get in the mail a week ahead of time, the the Tuesday before, and then you'll know that it'll make it there in time. And uh, you can probably verify that your your uh, ballot was received by the by the election board. Um, and again, there are lots of online options. The Oklahoma State Election Board website has got a lot of information. You can go there today, put your name in, and see if you're registered to vote. Um, and there's lots of uh, information there to you know keep our people safe, everybody safe. You can go uh, request an absentee ballot right now. You don't have to wait. Um, you can do it right now. You can download registration forms. Uh, there's all kinds of information uh, that you can uh, that you can uh, uh, download or get. And again, there are lots of different organizations that have different types of apps that you can use. Um, one thing that I always go to is the, um, uh, and, and they're always on the cutting edge, and they're the ones that filed the, the suit in, in Oklahoma State Court was the League of Women Voters. They're, they've always been one of the best uh, organizations uh, to, to ensure people's right to vote. The other option is to go to 866ourvote.org. Again, or if you just Google election protection, 866ourvote.org. And I'll just throw in a plug for the Oklahoma Indian Bar Association. We just started a new public news um, Facebook page. A lot of people are on Facebook. Uh, you can get it on your phone. You're welcome to come join uh, Oklahoma Indian Bar Association news. And we're going to be publishing a lot of information uh, about election procedures on our Facebook page. Excellent. It's always important to have those resources and to really understand how to get involved. It, it's still shocking to me how many Indians just will not vote. What do Indians right. like us, how do we encourage those other Indians to, to get involved and, and to vote and to make them understand that it does matter, especially on the local level? Well, again, if you look at the, you know, if you look at the percentages of, of uh, people in the last presidential election, and, and that's, you know, that's setting aside, um, you know, the local and state races are, we have one Senate race that's up, <clears throat> uh, that's going to be very important. Um, and again, we're nonpartisan. We don't support one candidate or another, but we've got one of our senators up and again a senator is only elected every six years that's very important um so uh you definitely want to uh exercise your right to vote there were so many issues out there um you know in in uh our congress uh, all of our congress people are up every two years so all of our uh, congress people are up for election again it's going to be very important there's a lot of legal issues going on out there um, state legislator issues going on. There's gaming issues going on. There's a reservation boundary issues after the McGirt case going on. Um, so it's just absolutely critical that people uh, vote. Um, many people, if you go back and look at the 2000, the last presidential election, um, I'm not ex sure exactly what the percentages are, but only about um, 
20, 25% of the people uh, voted for the current president, about 26, 27% voted for the uh, Democratic candidate, uh, Hillary Clinton, that did not win. Um, and, and the vast majority of people that were actually registered to vote didn't vote. 49% uh, people did not vote. Um, something like that. And, and that's, and that's, I think it was almost 91 million people didn't vote. Um, so to, to say that your vote doesn't count, I mean, if, if you're going, and that's the people that were registered, you know, there's a lot of people that weren't registered. Um, so it's, it's critically important to encourage um, native people to be involved because if we don't, and we're a pretty big block of voters, you know, in some of these elections you see around um, in different states and different localities, you know, a couple hundred votes sometimes, a couple thousand votes can make a difference. Uh, some of the tribal populations here are, are pretty high and could swing an election if people register, number one, and number two, if they if they get out to vote. So it's a, <clears throat> I would encourage absentee voting. Uh, that way you don't you don't have to worry about. And there's going to be problems. I think anybody is uh, fooling themselves if they don't think that there's going to be problems with the next election um, because of the pandemic. You don't want to be standing in line with a bunch of other people. Um, they're going to have difficulty getting election workers um, who are going to be concerned about their safety to come out and staff these uh, these locations. So it's going to uh, it's going to be very important to. Uh, especially this election cycle, to make sure and uh, exercise your right to vote. If, if we don't do it, then there's no reason to complain or state your opinion because it, you, you just basically opted out and decided not to participate. That's absolutely right. Don't forget, folks, the day to uh, the deadline to register for the November election here in Oklahoma is October 9th. And if you want more information, um, you can always uh, follow the Oklahoma Indian Bar Association news page on Facebook, and uh, you can always check your voter registration uh, online, and it's really easy to request your absentee ballot uh, on the state's website. So if you're interested in doing that, do that now and be sure to understand the rules and what you need to do in order to make your vote count. Uh, today, we're talking to Arvo Mikkinen, president of the Oklahoma Indian Bar Association. Arvo, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to oh, us about fair thank election. Thank you so much. And, and we really appreciate uh, everybody's uh, efforts and interest. And uh, this is going to be a critical year. So this this is great to do this right now. Don't wait to the last minute. No Indian time here. Let's get this uh, underway right now. That's right. Thanks so much, everybody. Stay tuned. We're Indigenous. We're independent. And we are Talk Jive Radio.